Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode on the Influential Personal Brand. This is AJ Vaden. I'm one of your co-hosts here, CEO and co-founder of Brand Builders Group. And today, I'm so happy because I get to spend the next 45 minutes with one of the most awesome human beings on the planet and also a good friend and probably one of the most discreet, humble humans ever, because she would never tell you all of these amazing accomplishments um, that she has. And uh, she even said before we got on, it's like, I don't really know what to say. I'm so uncomfortable talking about myself, which is quite funny coming from such extraordinarily talented human being. And so everyone's going to get to know you, Stephanie. And I'll just kind of give a little bit of a formal bio before we jump right into this conversation. But what I want everyone to know is, why should you stick around in this conversation? So we're going to get to chat with Stephanie Shostak today, who is just an incredible human being. But I think some things that you should know that maybe you don't know, and if you're not watching this, you clearly can't see her face. So you may not recognize her name, but you would definitely recognize her face because she has been in some of the top Hollywood movies that are out there, Iron Man 3, Devil Wears Prada, one of the top hit shows on TV, A Million Little Things. I could go on and on and on. You have worked with some of the most well-known actors and actresses across the world. But to me, more importantly, is your heart. It's like you have done awesome things, but you are an amazing human being. And to get to share a little bit of you with our audience today is such an honor and such a treat. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you for having me, AJ. (laughs) I'm so excited. And so one of the things that we've been trying to do on the podcast is bring in a variety of people who are building their personal brands that are in a variety of different industries and trying to connect the dots. So we've had in some professional athletes, we've had in CEOs and executives. And today we get to kind of bring in this Hollywood acting persona that's out there of going, well... You're clearly known for something that you do, but how do you really become known for who you are? And I think you're doing an incredible job at that, at making this transition of acting is my profession, but I am so much more than that. And so... First of all, I just want everyone to hear a little bit about your backstory because you have a very non-traditional entrance into the modeling and acting world. So how'd you get into that? Yes, not the traditional way. I studied, first of all, I'm from France. Uh, I grew up in France and never thought about acting, never took an acting class. I came to the States to study business and to play golf at the College of William & Mary. And once I graduated, I moved to New York City and worked at Chanel in fashion. And then at 26 years old, just realized there was a little something inside of me that 
felt like there was something missing. And through a chance opportunity, I did a modeling gig. And then I thought, well, maybe I could be a model and figure out what it is I really want to do. And so I did that. And then at 29 years old, so three years of modeling, and then at 29 years old, I took an acting class. Again, I'm not quite sure why. I just had this little voice that was like, I want to take an acting class. I want to take an acting class. And then there I realized for the first time in my life, really, that I loved something, that I needed to do something, that I was passionate about it. And I didn't know if it was going to be a profession. I just knew I needed to pursue it. So first of all, the fact that you pay attention to this little voice I think says a lot about just a huge part of who you are. And something I know from a huge part of our community is that most people feel like they have this calling on their life and they feel like they have this message within them. They feel like there's this thing that they really want to do, but for whatever reason, they don't listen to that little voice. They don't listen to that prompting. They push it down, they shove it away, lock it in a drawer and keep on with everyday life. So what was it about this that made you go, this is not a little voice I'm going to ignore. I'm going to do something. I think it's curiosity. I don't think you know right away I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a big move because that's scary. But it's just curiosity and just making one more step in that direction and exploring, being opened also, being surrounded by people who support those choices, I think, is a huge one. And I'm really lucky to be married to somebody who's always supported that, that sense of adventure. And yeah, go for it. Try it out. Something you just said there like, really resonates is just being curious. And it's yes. willing to go, yeah, like, I don't know everything. And that's okay. Even if this yes. doesn't work out, that's okay. Even if it's only one time, that's okay. But being adventurous and curious enough to even try. Yeah, and throughout your whole life, like even now, 20-some years later, just staying curious and not pigeonholing. Is that the pigeonholing? <laughs> yes, yourself into, oh, I'm an actor. That I can't do this because that would not fit. No, just be like, why not? <laughs> I love that. I think so many times... Most people don't go for what they really want because they just don't think they can. So yeah. I'm curious to hear from you because you have done so many things in different arenas. I mean, you are an activist of sorts. You're a philanthropist of sorts. You are a content creator. You're all these different things. And so I'm curious, like, what would you sell someone? Like, What would be your advice to someone that... They know they have something within them. They know they want to do something, but yet they don't take action. There's an exercise that somebody had me do that I love, and it's called the impossible future. And it's a great brainstorming exercise for all of your life. The exercise is this. If there were no obstacles, no money obstacle, no nothing, what would be your impossible future? And be as detailed as possible with your professional life, personal life. And then once you describe it, so how do you feel? And I think that's the key point. Like, because maybe at first it's outcomes and successes, but then why? How does that make me feel? And I think that will give, for me, when I did this, it helped me figure out what it is I was after, really, brought clarity. And then after that, you're like, okay, what's the first thing I can do right now to go towards this? 
And it's less daunting because you're not chasing an outcome that is so far-fetched. You're just pursuing, trying to be in alignment with what you're striving for to feel in your life. Yeah. And I think that's really in line with a huge part of the calling on your life is to help other people kind of like find their truth, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of like tying in a little bit to your personal brand of like finding your truth and doing it though in a way that's light and funny and not so hardcore and serious, right? So how did you find your truth? Like, what was that process like for you? And and here's what makes me think about this for you and really for anyone who's in the acting profession. I always find it so curious to me of how do you stay connected to who you are as a person when your profession is taking on the life, taking on the character of someone else? And so Mm -hmm. how do you do that? (laughs) Actually, I think that's... Being an actor is an amazing, I think that's what drew me to acting in the first place was discovering, tapping into these things that sometimes we can bury inside and censor ourselves that we perceive as being negative. Being an actor, you have to tap into all of these facets of yourself, sometimes the uncomfortable ones, the not so pleasant in order to play a character. And then you learn about yourself. Also, when you're an actor, in order to bring justice to the character you're playing, you can't judge them. So even if they're making a mistake, if they're doing something that would be frowned upon, you have to have empathy for your character. So it's a great, actually, if you turn it around on yourself, it's such a great thing is explore yourself, don't judge yourself, accept it all, and and then move from there towards what you want to do. But And your question was, how do you stay true to yourself by playing other characters? I think that can also be confusing. At the beginning of my acting career, I certainly had a little bit of uh, trouble sometimes drawing the line between reality and art, because when you invest into a character, you can lose yourself a little bit in the character. But I think experience helps and being a mom and having kids really helps because you come home and there's reality for you. (laughs) (laughs) But also when you talked about a brand, so it's interesting because as I worked with you and you were incredible at helping me actually figure out a message and or maybe if I even had a message, which I was not sure about. And I don't really see it as having a brand or pursuing a brand or trying to put a brand out there. For me, it's more clarifying my path or refining it, being curious, and then bringing alignment between all of these facets of my life. And then you help me be like, there's the brand. But I don't think of it that way, if that makes sense. So it's more about staying in alignment personally with all the different facets of my life. And then if there is a brand at the end of the day, great. (laughs) Well, I think that's a really good point because I think that can be a really confusing part for most people when you do such a large variety of things and they're seemingly unconnected until you find that common thread, right? Until you align things in a way of, I know they seem disconnected, but at the end of the day, there's this through line, which one of your through lines is community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, connection, yeah. Connection and uh, helping people feel wanted and feeling a part of something, right? And a huge part of that is your story of coming from another country. But I think 
there's a challenge in most people think I just do too many different things, but most of us all have a through line if we just sit down and take a little bit of extra fine tuning work to connect the dots to make mm-hmm. some come together. And so let's, I want to talk about two things because I know that I could easily spend the next 25 minutes just picking your brain on all these curious things that I have for you. But there's two really significant things that I think you're going to bring a ton of value and insight for into our audience. And so the first one has to do with your profession, right? You're an actor, an incredible one at that. I love getting to watch you on screen. And now that I know you, I go back and I'm like, I know this person. It's such a treat for me to get to see you in your element. I love that. But one of the things is that so many of the people that listen to our podcast and are part of our community, they present in some fashion, right? They're making content videos on social media, or they're a professional speaker, or they're an aspiring speaker, or they're doing interviews for the media, or maybe it's even just presenting to their team or their company. And so I think it would be really awesome to go, what are some tips of the trade? of being powerful in front of other people or being powerful on the screen to connect with people and engage with people and draw them in emotionally. So what do you got for us? What are tips of the truth? Mm. Okay. So, you know, as an actor, you can work from the outside in or the inside out. So because the outside in is your wardrobe. So let's start with that. As an actor, before you, let's say you're prepping an episode, I go to the costume designer and we're going to prep for each scene what my character is going to wear because clothes will make you feel a certain emotion. As If you're a speaker or if you're presenting, pick something that makes you feel whatever you want to put out there. Mm. And that is also truthful to you, meaning... You don't want to feel like a poser because if you don't feel right, it's going to impact the way your message is going to come through. So again, authenticity for me is a big thing. Today, I was like, what am I wearing for AJ's podcast? And I had a sweater on because I'm home and I do all this at home. And then I was like, no, I feel sloppy with my, no, I need, I'm going to put a blazer. (laughs) And then in terms of getting your message through and having, connecting with the audience, There's so many things, but I will say like how I study a script, for example. So I will go through the lines and I try to have images when I say something. So if you're a speaker or if you're telling a story, have images in your head that when you think about those images, it's not an intellectual response. It actually moves you. Because if it moves you when you're going to talk about, I'm looking at my magazine here, navigating uncertainty. And if you have in your head an image from when you were really feeling uncertain or navigating uncertainty and life was crap, you're going to talk about it differently. So adding images, subtext behind the words, bringing yourself to it as much as you can bringing your authenticity, and then having an objective that is bigger than yourself is big in acting. And I think it transfers to people in life when we're trying to communicate something. We're all nervous. We all are thinking of the outcome we want, but let's have a bigger purpose. What is our why? If you're connecting to that, then it's like, oh, 
you bring something bigger and you connect. I think it transcends just you and whatever you're saying. Yeah, I know. You said two things there, I think, are potentially so simple that they're overlooked, but are really, really significant. And I totally relate to what you said around, I'm sure there's been millions of people who've said that, but it's like the way you dress actually impacts the way you represent yourself, the way you stand, the way you walk, how you feel. It's like, mm, for probably 90% of today, I had on my workout gear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, but it's like, like I went and put on my shiny shirt here. It's like very glittery. It's very shiny. Makes me feel very happy, very fun. But it was, you know, I didn't have to do that, but it's like, I need to dress for the mood that I want to be in. Right. And I think that's like a huge part of you emote something differently when you feel good. And maybe that's in workout pants. That's fine. But really putting some intention into like, What's the emotion and the feeling that I'm trying to get across and dress for that? And it actually does help, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I I love that. I think that's, especially in a time over the last two and a half years where so many people have been home for way too long Mm -hmm. and perhaps not pulling out every day real outside of the house clothes, right? Like I'm pretty sure I had a six month stint where all I wore was workout clothes. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Sure, yeah. it was like six months, and there came a time where I'm like, "Good Lord, I have all these clothes. I should probably put them on, right?" And it was amazing. Like when I started dressing up, my husband was like, "Are you going somewhere?" <laughs> That's what my my husband. I would come down. He'd be like, "Where are you going?" And I was like, "I'm sick of feeling like that." <laughs> Same, but it's like it's yeah. amazing how it does that. And then the other thing, which I haven't really ever heard anyone say before, but I think if we don't call attention to it, it could get overlooked is creating that physical image in your mind of something that you're trying to get across, right? So like to what you're saying, if you're talking about uncertainty, it's like find that image or that moment in your life where you had extreme uncertainty and tap into that, tap into the feelings of that, tap into what it was like to be in that moment of your life and speak speak from there, not Mm -hmm. from where you are today. Yes. And there's a power in images. I write it in the margin of my script because we can talk about it. But then if you have a specific moment standing on the sidewalk of Fifth Avenue and I see the light and because it's going to affect all of your senses, you're going to connect to it from your heart, your everything. You'll feel the weather, what it was like. And that's going to ground you into reality and something personal and powerful. I think that's so important. And for someone who literally does this 
in front of a screen, right? In front of cameras for anyone who's listening, who makes a content video or does a podcast, right? It's like, you're doing that for an audience of no one. It's literally you and a computer screen. So you almost have to tap into it even more for it to come across in a way that would draw someone in and be engaging. Otherwise, it can really just feel like a talking head on a screen. And although the words have a lot of content and information and motivation, without the delivery of it, we probably won't last very long listening. Right, exactly. And I think interesting exercise also to do it with different stimuli, like memories, and you can see, oh, it's very different when I think of this as opposed to when I think of that. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I think to that, it's like practice. Actually practice mm-hmm. your practice. art. Practice and then let go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. I love how you say that. It's like you practice until the moment you need to do it. And then you need to just be present in the moment and let go. But I wonder like how many t- people today when... Any individual can be their own media company. How often do we actually practice and hone these skills versus someone like you who like, this is your profession. This is your art. This is what you do versus someone like me who I probably would say, like, honestly, I don't practice enough to hone my skill set. So any suggestions on how to practice delivering powerful presentations in general? Yes, for me, I can only speak for me. But And I do think we all are different. Some of us need to prepare, prepare, prepare. And some of us, like, you're incredible. I remember when we worked together, I just told you a story and you were like, okay, this is how it's going to go. And you just came up with how you would say it. I was amazed. I need to prepare. If I don't prepare, I'm lost. I prepare so much, way too much. (laughs) But how I do it is I do it so much that then at the end, I think it looks seamless and people are like, oh, she just came up with this. And But for example, if, you know, when I did a keynote, I would tape myself on my computer section by section and then watch it. And I was able to be like, oh, adjust some things I didn't like. I would practice out of order my keynote and then in the shower driving randomly, I'd be like, okay, what's this portion? And just come up with it. And then The great thing for me about practicing when I'm either driving or in the shower in those moments where you're, you can't get out of wherever the, you know, your box, your car or your shower is new things come into my mind. And I'm like, Ooh, I need to add this. I need to add that. I love that. You know, one of the things that I remember, oh my gosh, this is so long ago now, maybe 17 years ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Let's just say 15 years plus. <laughs> I don't know, it was a long time ago. But it was really early in my professional life. And I was in my really early 20s. And I remember going out and doing all these presentations and getting a, a, just really having a hard time with connecting with all male audiences or trying to find ways to connect. And I remember somebody had given me an advice and they'd said, get a little book right? Like a little journal, little notebook and carry it around and use it as your stories notebook. And every single time that you encounter something that is funny or engaging or powerful or even traumatic, it's like jot down that story and keep those as reference of how do you reincorporate those back in to whether those are memory joggers or emotion connectors or their stories that you actually start telling. And so 
have you ever done anything like that? And like, do you find that's great? I love that. I do that when I listen to a podcast or more of messages that I hear. And I'm like, I want to remember that. But you're talking about stories happening. And that's great. I love that. Because I find for me, I don't know if it's just my mom brain or what, but if I don't write it down, however impactful it is seven days from now, I will not remember. Like it just like evaporates from my brain. And as the mom of a two-year-old and a five-year-old, at least 10 fascinating things happen every day. (laughs) It's like, I have to capture these. I don't know when I'm going to use them, but I have to write them down so I don't forget. Love that. I love learning these little like tips and just practice moments of how do we create art in the midst of whatever it is that we're doing, which I, I find very much. And that's what you're doing. It's like, you're making art. But so am I like presenting as an art and it's like finding ways to do that. And the same way that I everything's get, an art. Yeah, yes. Like I want people to be drawn into my speeches the way that I'm drawn into your movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. like, how do we find those parallels? I love an emotional, an emotional arc. Yeah. It all. Relate to the person. I mean, I think that's so much of it. It's like, you've got to like really live into the character and create those emotions. It's like, I don't know if I've ever sat through a speech and said, I have to watch it again. I have to see it again, <laughs> right? Like we yeah. do with a movie because there's drama and there's humor and there's, you fall in love with characters or you hate characters, but you've enthralled in it. I can't think of any keynote speech where I'm like, I have to see it again right now. I'll pay another admission. I don't think I've ever said that, but I would love to find a way for people to start feeling that way about seeing people speak as they do about watching a Hollywood movie, right? So I love that ability of how do we create that same amount of connection into speaking as you do into creating movies. So, all right, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because I'm watching the clock and I'm going, oh my gosh, we only have seven more minutes. (laughs) So you are also the founder of Our Boob Stories. (laughs) <laughs> which is the best title ever. And this clearly, this is not something that you had to do. This is something that you wanted to do, right? And mm-hmm. I know there's so much potential for all these things. And so as it kind of relates to this personal brand, who you are and all the things that you believe in, what is our boob stories and what inspired you to do something outside of your full-time gig and acting? So our boob stories, I was inspired one day when I was on set, my character had been taken the sexy route, which means in Hollywood that, you know, I was wearing short dresses, padded bras and stuffed bras. And not that big boobs are not sexy. I think they're really sexy, but I don't have big boobs. And I was like, gosh, I wonder what it's like for young girls to grow up nowadays. And then I thought there's a lot of talk out there about body image, body acceptance, and there's no talk about boobs. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Don't tell me we don't think about our boobs because obviously we do. And so I wrote a poem with a friend of mine instead of being called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. It was called, Oh, the Titties You'll Grow. And it was about the ups and downs of boobs, of life through our boob stories. And people started telling me when I would share the poem with them, uh, they started telling me about their boob stories, and it was funny and touching and moving and sometimes tragic. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is actually a beautiful 
something that I want to collect. And I don't know where this project is going to go, but I think the reason is really I would love to have something created, maybe a book for all young girls to read, you know, the ups and downs through the ages from budding to sagging, that we all are insecure, that we all go through moments of challenging moments, whether it be with nursing or cancer or so many things. There's milestones that we go through in our lives and those milestones shape us and our boobs a lot of times, you know, sexuality and puberty, motherhood, aging, cancer. So right now I'm collecting boob stories. If you have a boob story, please go to Instagram at our boob stories and share your story. (laughs) I love this so much. And clearly I know a ton of the background. I've read it. I've seen the pictures. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is for two reasons. One, uh, it's you listening to that inkling again. It's mm-hmm. you listening and you paying attention of, I see something here. I'm going to make a move. <laughs> and I think if nothing else from people listening, it's tune into what are those inklings? What are those moments? What are those feelings that you're like, it just keeps popping up. I just, I keep seeing this and it keeps coming up in conversations and I can't get it out of my mind. Well, if that's true, do something right? Do something. And then the other reason I wanted to bring this up is because I think this is a part of your awesome uniqueness of adding in humor in the midst of really challenging things, right? It's like, especially with body image issues and social media. And to me, it's like our boob stories is it's a poem about diversity, right? like big ones, small ones, perky ones, saggy ones, right? Young ones, old ones, flat ones, huge (laughs) ones, like fake ones, not fake ones. It's, you know, all the things, right? Implants, fake probably isn't the PC term these days. (laughs) But oh, it's like, it's this story of a, we all have them and they all look different, just like. Yeah. And beyond that, and this is my overreaching message is really about acceptance and accepting what life throws at us with grace and compassion. And this is not something against getting a boob job or like just accepting, owning to who we are. And, you know, I want a boob job, I get a boob job and I own it and it makes I feel better. Really about letting our light shine through the boob stories. <laughs> I think it's awesome. And to your point, if you have a boob story, would you like to share it? Uh, Visit our boob stories on Instagram. Share your boob stories. Perhaps you'll be featured in a new book coming soon. (laughs) A coffee table near you. All right. So with only a couple minutes left, I have three really important questions that I would love to know. And I just know that if I want to know, there's other people who want to know as well. So at the end of the day, like if we were to fast forward many, 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 many years from now, and let's just say you're at the end of your days and you look mm-hmm. back on your life and you said, at the end of my life, if I were known for doing this one thing, that that would be a life well lived for me, what would that be for you? Love, love of all the people around me and bringing love, yeah. <laughs> giving love. You do that. You emote that. You most definitely do. This has been a topic in our company and in our community and at home and in our family of like, what do we want to be known for? And what are we doing today to become known for this thing that ultimately we want to be known for? This is Mm -hmm. a new question that I've been asking everyone as I come in contact because I'm so curious 
uh, what people say, because I'm not sure I know mine yet. I'm not sure mm-hmm. I'm on that. So love, love is yours. Yeah, because, you know, I just went to visit my son in college. And when my husband and I going back home, I kind of had a little bit of that feeling. I was like, well, if our life ends right now, you know, we've done okay. Like, look at the love. Look at, we're bringing up in two boys who have love and then the love around us. And so, yeah, I think love is a big, big thing. That's so good. Okay. Only two questions left, I promise. So here's the next one. What is something about Stephanie Shostak that most people don't know, but you wish they did know? I eat any meat with bones. I will clean it clean, beyond clean. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. <laughs> I would not have guessed, to be honest. I would. That eaten- sounds naughty. I like it too. <laughs> it's like, I would not have guessed that. If you were to ask me, I'd be like, she's probably vegan. She's probably like <laughs> a lot of vegetables. <laughs> but I'll eat a rack of ribs. Like I'll clean the bones beyond clean. Awesome. That's awesome. All right. Last question that I have for you is, What piece of advice, or even if it's not advice, one piece of hope or inspiration, like what's one thing that you would share to people out there who, again, they're not quite sure what to do next, but they know they want to do something different. They kind of feel like you did back in your 20s when you're like, man, this just isn't what I want to be doing. There's got to be something else. What would you advise or encouragement? What would you say to them to help them make that next leap or make that next jump? Self-examination, like do the work. And I know I wasn't ready to do it till I was in my 40s. So it's a lot of work, but just learn about yourself. Figure out, we all know what we're about. It's hard to remember it because we get distracted. We get sidetracked. Life throws us curves and then we lose the path. But if we take a little bit of time and journal, and there's a lot of exercises out there that will help self-examine and figure out what your guiding principles are, what your values are, that will help realize, oh, this is what I want my life to be about. And I think when you have a bigger objective, bigger meaning, then what you want to do next becomes very clear and is simplified. I love that. Self-inspection, self-reflection, but getting to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Getting to know yourself again. Because I think when we're kids, we really know ourselves. We just are who we are. But then we get confused by other people's agendas and what we think, what the shoulds and mm-hmm. all of that. So it's a re-getting to know yourself, mm-hmm. which is probably a good thing to do every few years with how much life changes naturally, the different stages of life. I think it's really easy to get disconnected from what makes you happy. And you look up one day and it's been 10 years. And I can't tell you how many people have said, I just didn't think I would be here. We didn't do what you just said. We didn't Mm -hmm. connect and self-evaluate and go, what do I want? What makes me happy? What needs to change? What do I need to do? What do I not need to do? But who am I? Yeah. And how do I want, sometimes, I mean, it's such a, who am I? It's the question of a lifetime, but what do I want to feel in life? What do I want to feel? Mm -hmm. And that, and why? And I think then you can say, well, what are my actions? Are they helping me feel that way? Well, maybe not. And then have intention, start your day with intention and 
if you want to feel happy and maybe I'm going to try not to judge today or not to complain or I actually read something wonderful the other day. This is such a great thing. Have a coat of arms, right? What are your principles? And then a coat of harms. So know what is sort of your, what gets in your way, what sidetracks you. So for me, my coat of harms, oh, when I start judging everything that happens, I get negative. Oh, knowing that, knowing what our pitfalls are is a good awareness to have and can help us redirect That's good. You've got your coat of arms and then your coat of harms. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And I know I love that. You're really into self-development and it shows you're chock full of different exercises and examples and stories. And I think that's a huge part of a testament of a great reminder to all of us. It's like if we don't investigate who we are, then how would we expect to know? No wonder we all feel confused and aren't happy and sitting here going, How did I get here? It's like because Mm -hmm. we didn't have direction, right? We, we need have- a compass, <laughs> yeah. a compass. And then, yeah, so if you have your values, if you have your principles, your daily controllables, then that is that can serve as a compass for every decision-making. I love that. I could easily continue just chatting and asking you tons of questions. Thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing a little bit of your brilliance and who you are. And this has been such a treat, such an honor. And I'll put this in the show notes for everyone. But if you're out there listening and you want to connect with Stephanie, go to stephanieshowstack.com. I know you're going to spell it me. <laughs> dot me. See, <laughs> stephanieshowstack.me. We just had a conversation about that. But also, I know most people are going to spell that wrong. So it's stephanie, S-Z-O-S-T-A-K dot me. I will put that in the show notes. And then if you do have a boob story, go to our boob stories on Instagram, share your story. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, AJ. You're the best. <laughs> All right, everyone, Uh, we'll catch you next time on The Influential Personal Brand. That's all we've got for this episode of The Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen... Take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 